Hi, welcome back to my podcast, Tales from the Emerald Rock, where we discuss everything Montserrat from the 17th century to the beginning of the 18th. Today we start our segment by speaking about Father Stritch, possibly the first Catholic priest to set foot on what Aubrey Gwynn described as the most distinctly Irish settlement in the New World. In 2022, 92% of the Republic of Ireland's population identified as Christian, with 80-80% being Catholic. This presupposed that, that religion is intrinsic within the Irish national identity. So for Montserrat to be the most distinctly Irish settlement in the Caribbean, religion must be at the core of the settlement. Thus, Father Stritch, as the first Catholic priest upon this island, is a significant man within the progress of Montserrat. We review the history of Father Stritch and what it tells us about the colony of Montserrat uh, by analysing the English translation of Francis Pelliput's diary, colonial reports of British authorities from British History Online, documents from the National Archive, and finally, documents from Gwynn's archives. Before Father Stritch, Montserrat and Christopher were both filled with Irish Catholics, yet there wasn't a place to worship, and instead practising Catholicism in both eyes were reprimandable. In the 1640s, the Archbishop of Toon, Malachi O'Quilly, had become concerned for the spiritual welfare of these Irish immigrants. He stated, according to Gwynn Archives, page 101, In the West Indies, they are living mixed among English and Scottish heretics, and are daily exposed to the danger of perversion. Due to this uh, illicit threat of perversion and heretism, he felt it was essential to send Catholic missionaries to administer mass for the people. Similarly, this idea was only bolstered in 1643 by the Catholic Irish of the Leeward Islands, dispatching a petition to the Jesuits in Paris asking for spiritual assistance for their souls were in danger. The fact that they felt their souls were in danger shows how religious many of the Irish Catholics were, but also how lost they felt about a priest to spiritually guide them. According to Pellepart's diary entry, Chapter de la Maison Erendaise, Sorry about the trans. Uh, sorry about the French. Uh, that was very butchered. John Stritch arrived on the island in 1650 and erected a chapel in Saint Christopher at Pointe de Savoie, in the French section, but fairly close to the English side of the island. According to Pellepart, uh, Father Stritch, as soon as arriving, brought so many Catholics to his church that they allegedly forgot the danger to which they were exposing themselves and went in the crowds without hiding themselves to greet the father. This was incredibly dangerous, as as we mentioned earlier, being Catholic wasn't accepted in the West Indies. He was apparently seen as a God-given gift, and he would administer the sacraments to them every day, and during the three months he was doing this, he was always, according to Pellepart's diary, he was always occupied from daybreak until one o'clock, confessing and receiving communion, and even baptising their children. This really goes to show how important it was for many of the people in St. Christopher. Uh, also, according to Pellepart's diary entry, many who were already engaged in heresy returned to the right path, which meant that many people who had gone towards being Protestants whilst being away in the West Indies had returned to Catholicism. And soon, he, he allegedly had a church of nearly 3,000 people. Pellebert says after securing the Irish at St. Christopher, he moved to Montserrat, where he disguised himself as a wood merchant and would hold mass every day in the woods, 
as once again it was illegal to do it on Montserrat as a British colony. Once he felt he had secured Montserrat, he returned to St. Christopher. Yet when he returned, according to Pedipat, the devil, who could not allow the Catholic religion to make so much progress there, was making every effort to destroy the nascent church. This was done by forbidding all Catholics from entering the French Quarter, where Father Stritch's church was. And when this didn't work, they kidnapped 125 Irish Catholics, whom they considered the most fervent and the most troublesome and important, and put them on the Crab Island, which was over hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Um, this was um, all within Pedipark's diary, and we'll discuss later whether this was actually truthful or not. But according to Pedipart, seeing this, Father Stritch took some of, of the Irish Catholics to the island of Guadalupe to go protect them from the uh, awful experience they were having in St. Christopher. Uh, he still went to other islands, but it was less frequently and always in secret, as he realised how much danger he actually was in. Pelibert reckoned that he was so effective at his job that every every journey he did he would have won over some heretics. And in total, he believed he had formed a church of around 3,000 and had even converted 400 heretics in the West Indies towards Catholicism. Now, Upon hearing this story, we must ascertain the truthful elements within it. In particular, we will focus on firstly whether John Stretch ever arrived at St. Christopher um, and show the proof of this. We will also debate whether he achieved the success of a 3,000 man church, as Pelipper agreed, because these numbers seem all very vague and not necessarily truthful. Uh, we also want to see whether he actually snuck into Montserrat and whether he did it without the knowledge of the governor. Finally, we will try and ascertain whether the myth of Crab Island is true. So, let's start off with whether John Stritch actually arrived in St. Christopher. Well, firstly, it's clear that John Stritch did arrive in St. Christopher, as within Jesuit archival materials, he is mentioned upon going on expedition to St. Christopher. Similarly, as, as will be mentioned below, there are multiple reports of Father John being on both St. Christopher and Montserrat. So it cannot be denied that he was there. But what we can question is the impact he actually had. It is unlikely that Father Stritch converted over 400 heretics and had 3,000 people part of his church, mainly because religion wouldn't have been at the forefront of the minds of most settlers. This is evident as even religion, which was encouraged and funded by the state, Church of England, stagnated in the West Indies. For example, sources from British History Online, section December 1671, states that the governor of the Leeward Islands wrote that in, in, the, island, in, in the entirety of the Leeward Islands uh, and the 40 parishes they have within them, there was only one drunken Orthodox priest, one drunken secretary priest, and one drunken parson who had no order at all. This was really lacking and meant that even when Protestancy was encouraged in the West Indies. There wasn't much demand for it, and there wasn't any supply either, as they were all incompetent, or there wasn't enough of them to go around to go to the total of all the islands and leewards. Similarly, Montserrat only got its first resident priest, Reverend Richard Molyneux, in 1668, despite Anthony Brisket building a church over two decades beforehand. Also, Molyneux was only 21 which is below mechanical age for ordination, 
which meant he wasn't legally qualified to preach. Instead, as you dig deeper, you realise the only reason he was there was because he married into a Montserrat councilman's family, William Irish. Even in the early 18th century, a review of Montserrat found that although Anglican parishes determined civic boundaries and censuses, never had parishes been governed ecclesiastically by church wardens or in accordance to the Church of England tenants. This indicates that religion was never at the forefront of the Irish settlers of Montserrat's minds. As, but who can really blame them? As Montserrat suffered extremely badly from fre- countless threats, varying from French invasion, privateers, crib attacks, and even natural disasters. It was such an extent that it was even reported by the governor of the Leeward Islands, according to the British History Online, six, section 1668, that settlers of Montserrat, as in his words, it was much decayed by the long settlement the later war, and the latent hurricane. This endless list of suffering means that most settlers had much bigger concerns, chiefly surviving, uh, than religion. So it's unlikely that it drew as many people as Pelliford claims, especially due to the dangers involved with practising Catholicism. Similarly, the high number can be dis- dismissed, as even in Montserrat, which according to British History Online section of February 1668, was described by William, William Willoughby as almost wholly possessed by the Irish, and was known as the Irish capital of the Caribbean, didn't have 3,000 Irish people living there at the time of Father Stritch's arrival. For example, the first census of Montserrat in 1678, the number of Irish was only 1,845, and on St. Christopher there would only be a fraction of as many Irish living there. Thus, you can instantly dismiss the idea of a 3,000-man church on St. Christopher. This is, of course, unless a disproportionate amount of French joined the church. However, this seems unlikely. Instead, it seems probable that Pelopot wrote this number to satisfy his superiors in France and show progress was being made in the West Indies. This especially seems to be true when you consider that, according to Gwyn Archives, page 224, in 1639, a memorial sent to the sacred conquerational of propaganda in Rome estimated that at the time, 3,000 Irish persons were living on St. Christopher and the neighbouring islands. Thus, it's likely that he got this number from here and tried to show that they'd almost saved all the souls of the Irish in the West Indies. In total, the expert on West Indies missionaries, Andre Castillon, believed that it was more likely that Stritch had converted 30 men, half Irish and half English, rather than 400, and his church at most would only have held a few hundred. Although Pelopat exaggerated the success, he didn't lie about Father Stritch's dedication to conversion as he did in fact sneak on to Montserrat as a wood merchant. We know this to be true, as in the deposition, deposition on Montserrat in 1655. On a separate investigation, two different witnesses came forward and announced that there was a Catholic priest on the island. The first man noted, according to Gwyn Archives, page 227, that there was a priest in the said island called, called Father John, likely referring to Father Stritch. And another just noted there was a Romish priest upon the island, who frequently visited it. Uh, the, the frequently visited part is very important, as this is likely Father Stritch, as he wasn't able to settle there permanently, and instead had to make frequent visits instead. Furthermore, it was confirmed by Roger Osborne, according to Gwyn's archive, page 228, when he admitted that he permitted a Romish priest to come and go on the island to say mass and before marriages in 1654. Therefore, it's likely that Stritch did come to uh, Montserrat. Whether as a wood, wood merchant, it is unclear. 
But what we do know is that he did perform mass in Montserrat. It even seemed to have caused an impact on the Montserratians, as in 1654, a man was reported to be carrying a cross before his wife's body when she was carried to a burial, which was a common Catholic funeral ritual at that time. Finally, we come on to the tale of the Crab Island, which is both hard and to, uh, hard to deny and confirm at the same time. This is because there are multiple different accounts of Irish rebels being deported from colonies throughout the 17th centuries. For example, according to British History Online, section September 1698, Lieutenant General Christopher Codrington, Christopher Codrington, in a report to the Lords of Trade and Plantations, even stated that he had caused the leading and most troublesome Irish in the island to be transported to places where they could give us no trouble. Similarly, in another report, he suggests doing this to the Irish on Montserrat as well. This shows these sort of punishments as described during the tale of the Crab Island. Whilst uncommon, wasn't impossible occurrences. However, despite this evidence, there is no implicit mention of sending prisoners to Crab Island within colonial texts, so it cannot be confirmed. Also, this you have to consider what Pelopart would get out of this myth, and that is that is a very powerful propaganda tool for the French, who are trying to convince the Irish to rebel in British colonies. So it's likely it could have been a myth created by Pelopart in order to bolster support for the French Catholics. Overall, this mystery of Crab Island will have to remain unknown. Yet, on the other hand, unlike Crab Island, the story of Father Stritch must be remembered, as it is not only representative of a repression the Irish faced on the islands, but Stritch, Stritch had to go so out of his way to spread Catholicism. But it's also just a warming story about a preacher who couldn't give up and wouldn't give up, which is most important, and went out of his way to spread the word of God, even when everyone tried to stop him from doing it. Alright, I've been Luke Kiley, and if you enjoyed this story, make sure you stick around for the next one, because it's going to be juicy. We have Montserrat's very own trial of the century, so hopefully we'll be seeing you very soon. And that's it from the Tales of Emerald Rock. We'll see you next week, hopefully. Goodbye.